0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Your kingdom come, Father. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us what we need. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us, God, of all of our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the glory and the power forever and ever. God, this Christmas, things may not be the same of what we're used to, God, but you are the same. You never change. You are faithful. You are God with us. You are with us, Lord. You are in us. And we praise you. We have such hope. We have such reason to worship this Christmas because our God's not dead. He's fully alive. And He came that Christmas. Yes, He came. He was born to die, but He lives forevermore. And so, Lord, we worship You in all of our circumstances. In our sickness and in our pain and in our doubt, in our unfaithfulness, in our mistakes, in our loneliness, in our grieving, we worship you. God, I even pray right now that all of us would learn from the model that Brent's set before us that no matter what's going on, no matter what kind of losses is in his life, he has chosen to lift you on high. And we worship you, God. We worship you for all of your good and perfect gifts. We worship you for your faithfulness and your mercy and coming to rescue us that first Christmas. Be with us, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. All God's people say, Amen. Can we sing? Joy to the world. In every circumstance, we will sing, sing, sing. With plenty and with nothing. Joy, Joy. to the world. We will sing. We will sing, In blessing, in trials, in hunger, and much. Sing that again. We will sing, sing, sing. Lift up your song. Joy to the world. Let your heart sing it. How many are grateful that God gives us a song in the darkest times? Amen. Amen. He gives us a song. All right, you may yeah. be seated. Wow. We are so glad that you are joining us. Those on livestream, we love you and we welcome you as you welcome us into your home. And uh, we're so excited of just this month of December. I know it's been a crazy, crazy 2020. But the month of December, we just vowed to everyone... and and, and, well, to us as a team. And we said, you know what? We're gonna strip away everything that we normally do for Christmas. And we're just going to focus on pausing in God's presence, whatever he wants to do. It may not be a normal Christmas service or a Christmas month for you, and that's okay. May not be a Christmas message today, that's okay. We're just gonna pause because let's just be honest. We need more than just a Christmas message. We need the light of the world in our hearts. I've decided to just kind of give us some announcements now before we get started. We have a special uh, worship ending uh, for our Christmas service and uh, we just don't want to break that moment. So if you would just kind of follow along with me real quick. If you're one that doesn't remember well, uh, go ahead and write it down. I'll try to remind you at the end. But let's just go through some of the Christmas stuff uh, for what's coming up this next week, uh, Christmas blessing. I just want to let you know well, the nominations are done, and we've actually delivered most of the gifts and the food and the meals, the groceries, all that stuff to 11 families this Christmas. That's awesome, uh, we had people delivering groceries, two, three hundred dollars worth of groceries gift cards, gifts for people who literally hit really, really difficult times. Know that your tithe, your offering that you give faithfully went to this project. We we, we try to uh, give away 10% of what comes into the church. And so we used a portion of that towards that. If you would like to give towards this special project, you can do so by going, uh, at our website or on our uh, church center uh, app, or you can do it right at the giving stations. Just make sure you select the category or put in the memo, Christmas blessing. we, I mean, I had a, a lady just come up, uh, her dear friend uh, really hit rock bottom. Her husband lost her job, uh, her father just died and their three kids are really struggling. And uh, we were able to bless that family. And uh, this lady doesn't even go to church yet. <laughs> So we're just so excited to see God move through you all. Uh, the next thing is the Christmas scavenger hunt. We just want to let you know, we, we challenge you to have fun this Christmas. Go, and guess what? We have 10 incredible Christmas baskets uh, filled with great stuff for your family. Uh, right now, if you submitted right now, you're probably going to win a basket. So we want as many people to go out the whole point in giving an incentive is we want you to just have fun. Go walk around your neighborhood. You can download the scavenger hunt sheet uh, on Facebook or our website. Here's the thing. You don't have to print it out and mark it up. All you have to do is send it to our contact at myelevationcc.org, and it doesn't have to be filled out. You sending it tells us that you completed it. So you have through December 23rd, don't miss out on a chance to get a nice gift basket. If you don't need it, maybe you can give it to someone else who does. Third, we have, uh, how many remember Night to Shine last February? It was (laughs) pre-COVID, amen. Most of us were all involved in this. Many of you remember Jenny Hartman, she's in the back. We are doing it again this year with a different uh, kind of uh, tone. Um, Tim Tebow decided in the beginning of the year, or not the beginning of the year, the beginning of the fall, to basically not do it at all because of COVID. Then they said, well, we could do it virtual, but we're gonna have to figure out how to do this. So we had an idea in light of uh, trick or treat uh, drive-through that we would do a drive-through night to shine, parade all of our honored guests in their car, give them their gifts and everything. And uh, I think Tim Tebow liked it enough that they're actually doing a night to shine drive-through now. So we are so excited. I like to take credit for that, but it probably wasn't us. So, um, but uh, we are so excited. Why are we saying this now? Um, Special needs students, they have special needs. And uh, right now they are cooped in, they're isolated, they're exhausted. They miss their friends, they miss their teachers, they miss normal. And so what we wanna do today after church is... uh, Uh, Jenny has just this sheet of paper that says Night to Shine. All we want from you is a simple Christmas letter to an honored guest and just sign your name. They're going to get this hopefully before Christmas, and it's going to bless them immensely. All you need to do is write a letter. If you don't want to in light of COVID and all that stuff, you don't want to touch a pen, we get it. Just email today at contact at myelevationcc. Org. It's the same email you send in your scavenger hunt sheet to. Uh, we just would love to bless 60, 70 special, uh, special needs honored guests. So would you do that for us? Great. Next Sunday, don't come to the building because we won't be here. We're actually coming to you. And uh, right at 1045 a.m., we're going to come. Don't worry, we can't see through the TV. So whatever PJs you're wearing or not wearing is private to you. <laughs> So (laughs) um, we're just excited. It's about about a 30-minute experience, and it's for the whole family, Um, friends, not friends, family who call Elevation their home. This is a perfect opportunity to spread the word to people who don't go to church, have them connect to this online experience. Our desire is really that we would give people an encouragement to see the other side of Christmas, the other side of the darkness around us, to see that God has a plan. So this couldn't be a better, more timely message for those who don't know Jesus. So again, we won't have a Christmas Eve service. We have it for the last three or four years. And, uh, but this is our annual uh, church in your PJs. We will then uh, come back together on Sunday, January 3rd, uh, 9 a.m. and 1045. Is that all the announcements? Awesome. Well, now as we get ready for the message, again, I told you that it's not necessarily the typical Christmas message, but this isn't a typical Christmas, right? So watch this video and we're going to get right into it. see, Jesus, that first Christmas, when he left his throne in heaven to come as a baby, to live the life that we could never live without sin, to become the sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world, to then restore us to a heavenly, permanent, eternal relationship with God. You see, he didn't just come to the earth as a baby to even just die. He came as a baby to die so that, We may have life. You see, if he just came to die and that was it, wouldn't wouldn't that be silly? I mean, that would be a really, like, tragic end of a movie. And so, he came to die so that we may have life. Well, how do we have life? Because he died to give it to us. It's a free gift. But there's something, there's a transaction that happens. And that word is called faith that word is called faith. And we're gonna look at the definition in a moment. But last week we talked about the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter nine. And he was talking about wonderful counselor, this child that will be born. Now again, this is hundreds of years before Mary ever heard from Gabriel the angel that she would conceive uh, a baby that would be the son of God hundreds of years and the prophet isaiah through the power and the wisdom and the spirit of god spoke that into existence to where the israelites and even the jews today were waiting for the coming messiah the jews today are just they're still waiting well he's already come and he's coming again and so isaiah prophesied this And Jesus fulfilled every prophecy that was ever prophesied about God. You see, Abraham, when he was given the promises of God, the promises of God was that through the son of David, the Messiah would come and restore us back into a relationship with God. That this earth is not our home. We're foreigners, do you know that? We're foreigners. We're ambassadors of a heavenly kingdom. We're not living just for this world. We're living for the next as well. And so I say all this that we see through Jesus' birth, the prophecy fulfilled. But I want to show you another prophecy in Luke chapter 4. What the prophecy is and where it comes from is Isaiah chapter 61. Go ahead and write that down if you want to look at that later. Isaiah chapter 61 one. And here's the really incredible thing. Here now, Jesus is around 30 years old. He just has been baptized, right? The heavens split open and uh, something like the, the form of a dove came down and declared that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then guess where? So Jesus is on the mountaintop. He gets baptized and God says, he's the one. Now he gets sent into the the wilderness, have you ever had that happen to you? You're on the mountaintop, God is just working breakthroughs and all of a sudden, before you know it, you're in the wilderness without anything. You see, God prepared Jesus for the wilderness by baptizing Him, anointing Him and calling Him. And then in the wilderness, He's there for 40 days, 40 nights, tempted by everything and with everything that we've ever been tempted with. And then here's the incredible thing is when he leaves the wilderness, the Bible says, in the power of the Spirit. Now he's got the Holy Spirit all about him and this is when he starts his ministry. Where does Jesus go to start his ministry? Well, back to his hometown, Nazareth, where he was raised. Everyone knows him as the son of the carpenter and son of Mary. And what does he do? He goes to the temple as, normal for any Jewish man, goes to the temple and he goes up to read the scriptures. And they have scrolls for all the different scriptures in the Old Testament. And the one that the rabbi grabs and hands Jesus happens to be Isaiah 61. Coincidence? I don't think so. And here's what Isaiah 61 says when Jesus reads it. Here, now he's saying, here's the Christmas message fulfilled in the flesh. Now, here's what I've come to do, now let's do it. Watch this. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He was speaking truth because the spirit of the Lord, he went out of the wilderness into ministry by the power of the spirit. He has anointed me to bring, read those two words with me, to bring good news. You know what good news is? The gospel. The gospel is the Christmas message. The gospel is the good news that Jesus came to save us and rescue us from our sins. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come." Do you know that all the Israelites before Jesus's time, all the Jews, they died believing the promises of God before it was fulfilled. We as Christians, it's fulfilled and we still have hard time believing it. What does belief mean? It means faith. Can we even look at that? Uh, Ernie, go to um, uh, Hebrews 11. It's further down, but I'd like for us to see the definition first. This is faith. Would you read it with me? Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now, can you go to that scripture in Hebrews? It should be the next one. Verses. 13 through 16, look at this. This is about Israelites who believed the promises of God, but yet not, did not yet see it fulfilled. Look at this. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and they welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Does that now make sense that Paul says you are foreigners, strangers, aliens in a foreign land. The Israelites already declared that before we ever, before it was a thought. Obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly home. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. They did not see the fulfillment of the savior of the world, the Messiah, but they died believing in God's faithfulness. That's faith. Go back to Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So God gives us the the, the gift of his son Jesus who was born to die so that we may have life. What is our gift to give? It's faith. Our gift to give the world is our belief in God. Do you have the faith that God is so faithful to his promises that you could die without seeing it come to pass. No, we wanna believe in what we can see. We want to believe in what we can feel, but that's not faith. That's just trust in what you can see. Hmm. So let's turn to Matthew 9. Jesus came and gave us a gift, the gift of his life on the cross so that we may have life. What is our gift? It's the faith. And I want us to see Jesus's work and fulfillment in action. But I want you to really start to catch the power of faith that determines receiving what Jesus came to give. Let me say that in a different way. Jesus came to give us more than just life, but we cannot receive what Jesus has given without faith. Don't believe me, look all over the gospels. Jesus said, if you would just have a faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain move and it would be thrown into the sea. What is faith? What's the confidence? The things hoped for will happen. And it's the assurance of things you can't see in the physical. So let's look at this kind of faith. Matthew 9, starting with verse 16. God, just, God would you just speak to us? Like we're pausing right now. like We're pausing. This world cannot offer what we need. This world fails us every time. We fail ourselves every time we we try to get in the way of you. So God, I just pray you bring freedom today. Set us free from ourselves. Set us free from the lies that we have been believing for so long. Set us free, Jesus. As Jesus was saying this, a leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him. What's happening here? A leader of the synagogue was a religious leader. He was either a Pharisee or Sadducee, Sadducee, right? What do we know about the religious leaders in view of Jesus? They hated him. They thought he was a false prophet and that he should be killed. Look what we're seeing here. A religious leader unofficial, left his place of residence. Doesn't say how many miles he walked, but he probably walked for an entire day, if not more. What's happening here is his daughter is dying. He's assuming she's dead by the time he gets to her. A religious leader knows what he knows about this false prophet And when all options are spent and his daughter is facing death, he runs to Jesus. You see, sometimes our faith isn't put into action until something around us has to die. And we really start to understand who's in control. My daughter has just died, he said. But you can bring her back to life. What? If, Jesus, if you would just come to my house, I know you're busy. I know you've got thousands of people to do miracles with. But I've come a long way. I have pressed on. I have endured just to come and see. Will you please make my daughter whole? What's he say? So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. And just then, just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up to him. Let's just understand where this woman is in the Bible. Not only has she been sick for 12 years and she has spent all of her money on doctors, maybe even psychics, whatever she could get her hands on to have some sort of assurance of hope. Why? Well, because she had a bleeding issue. She was not welcomed into the public places. She was ostracized and cast out with the lepers and the lame she could not be welcomed back into her family. She was ostracized, pushed away. So not only did she have a sickness that nothing could solve and heal, but she was robbed of life as she knew it. And what does she do? I mean, if anyone has a reason to give up, wouldn't it be her? No hope. Just the word of hearing people chatter that this Jesus was healing people. Something left up inside of her that caused her to press through the crowds of humiliation and mockery. Remember, she's not welcome there. And yet she's pressing through anyways. And what does she do? She reaches out. She says in Mark, the account of Mark, if I can only just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. Talk about faith. But you know what? She was at the end of a rope. She was at the end of the barrel. There was nothing else to do but to trust that this Messiah was who he says he is. And she reached out and in the mark account, he turns around and he said, who touched me? Someone just touched me and the power of God just went right through me. (laughs) He felt it. When you walk and reach out in faith, God feels it. God hears it and God responds. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, leper. Oh, excuse me. He said, harlot. No, excuse me. He said, sick. No, he said, daughter. Why did he say daughter? It's because he knew through her faith, she was a daughter of God. This is before Jesus even ever, ever went, went to the cross because she believed in her heart that God would hear her. And if he sent his son to die for her, that maybe he could heal her too. Jairus, the official, he pressed on and he went the distance to meet someone that all of his peers and religious leaders were opposed to just because he was desperate and thought, if anyone could bring my daughter back to life, it's Jesus. This woman who spent all she had to find answers All she had to do was press through the crowd and reach. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, Jairus, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. I can't imagine, but Jesus was probably so annoyed and aggravated at that funeral music because people had no clue that the light of the world had come. And they were already grieving when he was gonna bring her to life. Can I just ask you, when have you counted God out and just started the funeral music? J. Iris didn't start the funeral music. He went the distance and he said, man, he left his daughter dying. If I could just get to Jesus, he may not be able to bring her to life. He didn't say that. He said he could bring her to life. I love this passage and I got to be honest this didn't jump out to me until this morning. When Jesus arrived the officials' home he saw the noisy crowd. You see when we start to murmur in light of what we think is death, in light of what we think is loss, in light of what we think is failure, we get really noisy. Yeah, this, this i'm never gonna be a success i'm a failure all i do is a failure my family my children won't listen to me this and that and this we get really noisy because we're focused on the funeral music and what does jesus say ready get out he says get out sometimes i think Our situation would look so different if we started looking at the funeral music and the lies that saying, you will never be enough. You will not succeed. God won't come through if we just say, get out. (laughs) So many of us are facing even Christmas in a darkness of, yeah, Jesus has come. He's our hope of salvation. Oh, man, but I can't get COVID. I can't do that. Or, oh, man, we're doomed, man. New president coming in. Oh, we're doomed. Everything's going to fall apart. All this. Get out! (laughs) Jesus has the last say, everybody. He not only says, get out. Some of you have tried that and it doesn't work. You know what he also does is he takes them by force and pushes them aside. The girl isn't dead, idiot. (laughs) He didn't say that, but the girl isn't dead she's just asleep but the crowd laughed at him how many times the lies that you tell to get out laugh at you oh come on my daughter or son you know the lie is they're never going to they're never going to return home they're never going to make something good out of themselves they're never going to get back to God those lies you have to say get out but then they laugh at you. Oh, you, uh, you got your faith. You got God with you. What's that gonna do? And then you say, you know what? I'm pushing you aside right now. I'm not only verbally telling you and speaking you, I am removing your presence from my life. After the crowd was put aside, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand. She stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. So we have a father going to the very last person on the religious leaders, the Jewish sides list, making the trip to find Jesus, pushing whatever obstacle out of the way to get to Jesus. You know what's incredible is now that Jesus died, rose again from the dead, he lives in us. We don't have to walk miles anymore like Jairus did. He's God with us. To walk the mile and to endure like Jairus did, that means sometimes it takes waiting. It takes pressing on that when you don't see the results of what you're asking and praying for, you keep praising him. You keep worshiping him. You keep holding on to his promises, no matter what. And you watch God's faithfulness come through. It may not be how you expect it. It may not even be how you want it, but God is God and we are not. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts way, way more than our thoughts. So let's look at a third account. After Jairus presses on in faith. And this woman with the issue reaches out in belief. Let's look at two blind men. Remember, they're blind. This is what gets me. They're following Jesus. They're blind. Who's leading them? I don't know. But they're blind. They cannot see. And yet they know that the Messiah, the one who has healing in his power, and authority. And what do they do? They can't reach him. They can't necessarily go and find him because they don't know where he is, but they know he's somewhere within the reach. And they cry out, son of David. What are they saying? Messiah. They're not just saying son of a guy named David. They're saying the Messiah from the line of David. Have mercy on us. Friends, sometimes it takes blindness in our lives to get to the point to cry out to Jesus. Are you aware of areas that you're blind to right now? Jesus opens the eyes of the blind. That's not just physical. All in the New Testament, it talks about our eyes, a veil over our eyes being lifted, scales falling off Paul's eyes so that he would see. Where are you blind right now? That you just need to in faith say, Jesus, I can't see you right now, but boy, I know you're there and I know you're here. So I'm gonna trust you to help me see. What does Jesus do? Jesus says, well, do you believe I can make you well? Do you believe I can make you see? You see, no pun intended. He wanted to make sure that they had faith that he could make them well they probably wouldn't have received the healing if they didn't believe. And honestly, if they didn't believe, they wouldn't have been wandering around aimlessly, crying out for Jesus. Yes, Lord, they told them, we do. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, because of your good works, because of your faith, you now can see. Faith, belief in the Lord Jesus unlocks the door of healing in our lives. I'm not just talking about physical, can he? Yes, he can, and he does. But sometimes his ways isn't delivering us physically. Sometimes it's delivering us spiritually and allowing us to grow closer to him through it. So where do you need to reach out, friends? Worship team, you can come on up. I can't wait to worship and see what God does. Could you put up Hebrews 11 one? Take a look at that. And I'm gonna ask you, where in your life Can you press on and run the race in faith towards God? Some of you are running the Christian race as a sprint, and you are so exhausted after running and running and running, God is good, God is good, I'm on the mountaintop, this is awesome, Jesus is the light, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and it's awesome, but now you're exhausted and you hit a wall. Paul says, I run the race with endurance. I press on. When I can't give any more, I take one more step of faith. Where do you need to take that step in believing that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or think? And where even if he doesn't do that, where is our faith to trust him even still? I love this song. It goes, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I walk into the unknown trusting like a child. I believe, help thou my unbelief. I walk into the unknown trusting like a child. I love to feel the warmth that others seem to know. But should I never feel a thing, I claim him even so. I believe, help thou my unbelief. I'm gonna walk into the unknown pressing in like a child. Friends, where do you need to reach out right now? Where have you just spent all your energy, all your time, all your investments and coming up empty still? Jesus is saying, just come to me, reach out. Friends, when you're at the end of your rope, friends watching live stream, when you're at the end of your rope, I want you to tie a knot in faith and hang on for dear life through faith and your belief that God is faithful and he is able to do whatever you need and hang on and lastly where do you need to cry out and call out to God where are you just so blind and you feel like you're just walking in a dark maze call out to Jesus call out to Jesus you see, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is so so popular, and I love it. It's great, but it says, "For the Lord's plans are good; they're for my, you know, welfare. They're for my good, and not for my harm." We have these posted all over, you know, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. But we forget Jeremiah twenty nine twelve. It says, "When all hope is lost, if you seek Him with all your heart." You will find him. Stop walking around in the dark maze and just call out to Jesus. Let's increase our faith this morning. Let's fight our battles on our knees. Let's reverse the curse of what we try to do in our own strength. And let's get on our knees and let's start to seek God in faith. Let's believe him. For what He says is possible. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and worship, everybody. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.